Welcome to the Harmony Christian Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. We have been, uh, this is our third week on spiritual warfare. The subtitle today uh, would be The Armor of God, but in spiritual warfare, um, I like this picture for a couple of reasons. One, obviously it's David and Goliath. The reason I, I like this is because what we have a tendency to do you know, the word tells us, and we'll read it here later. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We'll discuss that here in a little while. But we have a tendency to stay in the flesh. And some people, they still fight their battles by wanting to put a stone between somebody's eyes. And then chop their head off. And then flaunt it around and show everybody. And we don't wrestle that way any longer. Since Jesus Christ came on this side of the cross, we now fight our battles in the spirit. And yeah, there's going to be confrontations. There's going to be tough things. There's going to be difficulties in life. But we as believers are to fight our battles differently. We fight in the spirit. And Pastor Josh had, had so many good points last week. I, I, I did want to say, before I get into that, uh, how important this, this topic is. Uh, some people, I kind of think, maybe kind of zone out when we talk about spiritual warfare because it's so foreign to them. And we don't understand it. And many times we fear what we don't understand. And so they just kind of put it off to the side and don't... Don't really tune in, but I'm asking you to tune in on this. This is so important. Spiritual warfare is one of the most important things that I can teach you besides your salvation in Christ Jesus. And this topic is so important because I've had people coming to me since we've started this here in just the last couple of weeks saying, oh man, I was dealing with this and I just didn't know how to handle it. And I started attacking it in the spirit and it's beginning to change. I had one person say that I, I've been dealing with voices. I've been having things going on in my head and I just didn't know what to do. And now I've been speaking back to those of you, as you told me, to command those to stop. And it's happened. It's stopped. This is an important topic. Yes. And I want you to be with me here on this. Because the wiles of the devil are to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But don't you love that last part of, that, of John 10, 10? I have come. That you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, people who don't have peace, people who don't enjoy life. I, I may ramble some this morning. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just have so much inside of me I want to share with you. I want to get across to you. I was talking to a guy last night. We went to the Tenderloin Supper up at Herbst United Methodist Church last night. I was talking to a guy who... Uh, who has a good life, who has money, who, who is doing good. But he was telling me how much he enjoys life, how much he loves life, and how good God is to him. 
You see, we can go through life and enjoy it and miss the whole person who gave us good life. And he was just giving so much praise and, and honor to the Lord for him being able to have the life he has. And he said, I, I count my blessings every day that I live here in the United States of America, but I also live here in this community that we live in because we are blessed here. And we need to understand that that is not by accident. There are, there are things that have taken place in the spirit from our forefathers, from our foremothers, and five mothers. I don't know where that comes from. There's reasons that we are here right now, right where we're at. And we need to thank God for it. But in the spirit realm, there are things taking on. That's, real, that's where the real battle is taking place. As I said, Pastor Josh, he, he had so many excellent points last week. So I just want to say a, a few of those, a handful of those. The first one, he said, your success in spiritual warfare is directly connected to your identity in Christ. That is so powerful. Because if, if you are not connected to Christ, even if, I, I can say, even if you have received Christ as your Savior, but if you are not living a vital relationship with Him, you will not have success in the spiritual realm. Having that, that oneness with Him helps us to have success in the spiritual realm. He said, some are more into demanding the devil than they are communing with the Father. That's powerful. Powerful statement. Many people would rather command the devil than to get in relationship and have communion. It amazes me sometimes how many people can tell me what the devil's telling them, but they can't tell me what the Lord's telling them. It's not supposed to be that way. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. And we should be knowing what he's saying. My sheep shall know my voice. Are you with me? Yes. And so I want you to be a person who knows a whole lot more about what the father is saying than what the devil is saying. Yes. In fact, you shouldn't even be listening to the devil. Don't give him any time. The word says re resist the devil and he shall flee from you. So whenever the devil even tries to speak, you should just, just say shut up. Just shut up. That's not nice to say to people, but you can say that to the devil. Just shut up. He said, praying in Jesus' name. Praying in Jesus' name is not just a phrase we say, but a relationship we live. What a powerful statement. I, I hope some of you wrote some of these things down that he said last week. Praying in Jesus' name is not just a phrase we say, but a relationship we live. Amen. We can't be speaking His name if we're not in relationship with Him. The church is more powerful than we realize. Amen. Do you realize that the church is powerful? Why is that? It's because we are the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. I like this one. Spiritual warfare is from a seated position. It is, because we have been seated with Him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. And I like this one, the fight is rigged. The fight is rigged. It's already been won. Yes. 
We are fighting a battle not from a standpoint of trying to win the battle. We are fighting the battle from a victorious position. So that makes it a rigged fight. And my comments uh, the week before were, you know, we are instructed to engage in a battle that's already been won. The devil was defeated at Calvary. Jesus was declared the victor at, victor at the resurrection. And he's seated in his rightful position as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, which is at the right hand of the Father. And we are seated with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 2 verse 6. Hallelujah. All right. 2 Corinthians 10. Let's begin to look at some scripture. 2 Corinthians 10. 3 and 5, or 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We are to walk in the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. How difficult that is when somebody's in your face and they don't like you. How difficult that is when you have a disagreement with your spouse. How difficult it is to not walk in the flesh whenever you know you're right and you know that they're wrong. How difficult it is to walk in the spirit instead of walking in the flesh. Walking in the flesh is so easy. But Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, what is a stronghold? A stronghold is something that a, a bad thing that you're doing and you just keep doing it. It becomes a habit. That habit becomes a stronghold. You can't break it. It becomes an addiction. That's a, that's a stronghold. There are strongholds in our lives. It can be many things. It can be you, you're addicted to shopping, you're addic addicted to food, you're addicted to gossip. I mean, it can be all sorts of things. It can be vicious stuff that you're addicted to, and it can be minor stuff that really is still taking a toll on you as a believer of Jesus Christ. Verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And that is how we get out of the flesh and get into the spirit. Is that we bring every thought into captivity. I'm not just going to let my mind run wild. How, how many times do you get into a disagreement with someone? And you have an argument with someone. And you replay that thing over and over again for the next three days. You have to bring those thoughts into captivity. Say, I am not going to do that. I'm not wasting my time on that. I'm not going to allow the devil to steal that time from me in that area. I'm going to bring those thoughts into captivity. And I'm going to walk in the spirit and not walk in the flesh. And I'm going to see a great resolve out of this. And we declare God, just like our last song, we declare him over our situation. Hallelujah. All right, Ephesians 6, this is going to be the main topic of the main uh, portion of Scripture that we're going to study this morning. Ephesians 6, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So that is identifying with Christ. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. How, how are we strong in the Lord? There's things that we have to do. 
so that we're strong in the Lord. We study His Word. We're not, we're not just a reader of the Word. We're a student of the Word. We take it in. We, how, do, how can I apply that Word to, to myself? We are a worshiper. We worship the Lord. We serve the Lord. We get involved in things that are going on here at church. Those are all things for us to be strong in the Lord. We, uh, we know how to fellowship and to take care of one another. And all of those sorts of things, you put all that together and it causes us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's not our might, it's His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. In, the, in Jesus' day, everyone had a garment that described who they were. The scribes had a particular... How, how do you tell a scribe from a Pharisee? By what they were wearing. A scribe had a particular garment. A Pharisee had a particular garment. The priests had a particular garment. The widows had a particular garment. If you was under governmental care, you had a particular garment. If, uh, if you were a, 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 a peasant, a, like a migrant worker, you had a particular garment that you wore. And you were recognized by what you had on. You remember the, uh, the person who went to the wedding and they didn't have on the wedding garment and they were cast out. Back in that day, they, instead of having an invitation on paper sent to them, they were sent a garment, a wedding garment, and that was their invitation to come to the wedding. And if you didn't have that, then you weren't invited. So we need to be recognized by what we have on. The word, word says to put on righteousness, to put on faith, clothe yourself. In the goodness of God. There's different things they tell us we are to put on and we're to clothe ourselves with. And so whenever the devil looks at us, he should be able to tell that whether or not we're a child of God because of the armor. Yes. Does the devil look at you and shake? I hope he does. Because he needs to recognize who you are as a son or a daughter of the living God. And whenever we have that, that weaponry on we're dressed for battle. We're dressed to kill. We're going to kill demons. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 6 verse 11. Let's go to the next, next verse. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil has trickery. He has lying and deceit. Deceitfulness, there is no truth in him. He can only lie and deceive. He, he cannot create. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. He cannot create anything except, except problems. He can create havoc. That's the only thing he can create. He cannot create anything. He has to lie to you. That's what he did to Adam and Eve in the garden. He went in and he deceived them. He lied to them. That's the only thing he can do. And the only power that he has is whatever power that we allow him to have. And so we need to come against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Uh, Romans 13, 12 says this, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness 
and let us put on the armor of light. Cast off the works of darkness. That means there's something for us to do. We need to be coming against the darkness of this world. Praise the Lord. Let's move on to verse 12. Verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against these principalities and powers. There are three heavens. There's the first heaven, which is here, the earth and its atmosphere. The second heaven is outer space. The third heaven is where heaven itself is at. There's those three heavens. And the Lord's prayer was that his kingdom come, his will be done. He's telling us to pray that the third heaven come to, down to the first heaven. That we create a culture here upon the, in the first heaven that is actually the culture of the third heaven. And each of those heavens has two dimensions. There's the dimension of the physical and there's the dimension of the spiritual. And it's the spiritual that controls the physical. It's hard for us to wrap our mind around that because all we, what we do, what do you do? I mean, from the moment that you're born and the doctor slaps your bottom. Isn't that amazing how, how negative the world is? It's so negative that when we are born, the Lord doesn't, or the, the, the doctor doesn't tickle you to get you to take that first breath. He slaps you. That's, that's the negative world we live in. And so many of us, all we know is to live here in this physical realm. But we have an obligation to begin to live in a different dimension. Be more, be more mindful. Be more aware of what's taking place in the spiritual realm because so many times that's what's, that is what is controlling the physical realm. You're having difficulty with a person. Begin to come against that in Jesus' name. You have a, a friend of yours who, who just, see, they just can't seem to tell the truth. Why is that? Because they have a lying spirit. There is a spirit attached to that lying. Someone who, who just has to shop to, to feed their, their, their sadness. They, they have a, a spirit that's attached to that, that's causing that to take place. Someone has a drug or alcohol problem. There's a spirit attached to that. In fact, drugs and alcohol usher in demons more than I think any vehicle that I know of. And we, we have to be careful with all that. We have to be so careful because the devil has things he wants to get into our lives and we must resist him and he will flee from us. Praise the Lord. Colossians 1 verse 13 says this, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Praise the Lord. I hope you realize any time that you are facing a situation and it's just dark, it's sad, it's, it's terrible. He has delivered us from that. We have victory over those things. Praise the Lord. Colossians 2.15 says this, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he was a total victor. 
He had power over darkness. He disarmed the principalities and the powers. If there's demonic activity that's taking place in your life, you probably don't even realize it. Overcome those things because you have been delivered from those. You have been, the principalities have been disarmed. Hallelujah. Okay, verse 13, back to Ephesians 6 and verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, you realize that there were not uh, commas and periods and all that in the original text. The way that uh, I've heard that this really should have been, should read would be this, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Whenever you've done, a, done all, you've, whenever you just feel like you are on your last leg, continue to stand. You can do it. You can do all things. It's amazing to me that the word says this. I can do all things. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But in John 15, Jesus says, without the Father, I can do nothing. But yet, we're told in Christ, we can do all things. You see what I'm saying? In Christ, we can do all things. But then Christ says, Without the Father, I can do nothing. But in Christ, and knowing that Christ is in the Father, we can do all things. And one of those things that we can do is we can overcome the wiles of the devil. And can, can I just tell you what I'm feeling from some of you this morning? In the Spirit? I'm feeling like some of you just, it's like this isn't important. You, you don't understand it. You don't, you don't, you're not seeing it. You don't recognize the importance of us living in that other dimension, of us seeing into that other dimension of the Spirit and how it affects this realm. So I'm, I'm praying against that as I'm preaching. I'm praying that you're going to have your eyes open. You're going to be illuminated to what's going on in the spirit realm that's affecting so much here in the physical. We're, we're dealing with things in the body. We're dealing things within our mind. We're dealing things within our emotions. And so much of that, in fact, I would say all of it is being affected from the spiritual realm. We are made up of spirit, soul, and body. And what are we supposed to be led by? We're supposed to be led by the spirit. Most everybody has been trained to be led by the flesh. Whatever the flesh wants, if it feels good, do it. We're, we're trained from being an infant to be led by the flesh. But we are supposed to be different as followers of Christ. We are to be led by the spirit. Hallelujah. And so the spirit is to bring the flesh into submission. And then in that soulish realm, the mind, the will, and the emotions, that's where everything is, is captured. We, we take control of, of our thoughts. We don't allow those things to run rampant. And the spirit rules the flesh instead of the flesh ruling everything else. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Whenever Jesus was before Pilate, Pilate said, 
Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus' response was, you have spoken the truth. And Pilate says, what is truth? Truth rules life. If you can't trust someone that they're telling you the truth, you have no basis to go forward. If you don't know what the truth is in a situation, you really can't respond to that situation properly. If your grandkids are fighting in the back seat and you don't really know which one to believe, you don't know the truth of what really happened, you don't know which one to spank. <laughs> truth has everything to do with everything. You have to know the truth. I had a, a phone call Friday. It's amazing what begins to take place whenever you begin to shine the light in the, in the spirit realm. Because the devil doesn't like light being shined upon him. And there's just been all kinds of stuff that's come up here in, in these last three weeks. And I had an interesting phone call Friday. I got a, got a call from this guy and he said, I'm out of gas. He said, I'm just a, a quarter of a mile north of your church. And I'm trying to get, I've heard this story so many times. He said, I'm trying to get down to Riley Hospital. I've got a son down there. And I, so every time I get that kind of a call, what do I have to do? I have to decide, is this the truth or is this not? And most of the time, I just err on going ahead and helping the person. So I, I said, okay, I'll, 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 bring you, I'll bring you some gas. I didn't know whether he's telling me the truth or whether he wasn't. And then I had to text him back and I said, I can't find my billfold. I said, I'll be there with some gas as soon as I find my billfold. I never did find my billfold because what he would probably have asked me is if I could have gone on into town and filled up his tank with gas. Does he know if I'm telling him the truth that I couldn't find my billfold? <laughs> Everything is based on truth. It was an interesting exchange that I had with this guy. I get there and, and man, he's got tattoos. There's hardly a place on his body he doesn't have tattoos. And he had uh, demonic stuff all over. And so that, that's just a, a good segue for, for me to begin to share Jesus with him. And I said, man, I see you've got these tattoos. Man, they're pretty scary. Some of those are pretty uh, demonic looking. He said, yeah. He said, I used to really be into demon worship. He said, I, I was really, really out there. But, but uh, I said, well, do you, do you know the Lord now? Have you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And he said, yeah. He said, I, I received Christ a while back. So he said, now my testimonies or my tattoos are my testimony. I said, well, good. I'm glad you can use that for, for, the, for the Lord. And I wound up having prayer with him. We're standing right out here, 200 yards north of here. And we're, we're standing there in the side ditch. And I grabbed hold of his hands. And we had prayer. And he was telling me, how many of you remember uh, a, a year or two ago, uh, Skylia Carmack, a gas city, 10 years old. I know you would know that whole situation very well. Uh, her stepmother uh, murdered her. He, he said, do you, do you know that situation? I said, oh, yeah. I said, I know that situation. He said, I'm Scalia's stepfather. And so he began to tell me everything that was going on in that. And demonic stuff. Just, but I had a great conversation with this guy. And we had prayer in the side ditch. And praise the Lord, I found my billfold when I got back home. Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting things happen in life. And we need to we need to go through those situations from the spirit and not just the flesh. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. You put on this belt. You gird your waist. The waist. What the Jews taught about the belt of truth was that it covers the reproductive area of both men and women. And so for generations, there needs to be truth established in your life. There needs to be truth established in your, in your families. Never tell a lie. Don't exaggerate about stuff. Don't tell things in a way that's not fully the truth. There's no such thing as a white lie. It's either a lie or it's a truth. And we need to be people who are the most honest, the most truthful people on the face of the earth because we are girded with truth. And that is passed down generation to generation. And if you know of someone, maybe even in your family, you've got to cast that out in the spirit realm. You come against that lying spirit and you say, we will not have that. Lying spirit, you must get out of here in Jesus' name. You take authority over that. And truth is established in your family. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. I'm going to push through. Having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate. It's up here. It covers all of your vital organs except one. Your brain. And we'll get to that in a minute. He has another thing that covers our brain. But the breastplate of righteousness is righteousness that covers your heart. It's righteousness that covers all of the insides, the important parts that causes you to function and to go through life. We have been given righteousness. We have been made the righteousness of Christ. Amen? Amen. We're, we're not righteous because we're so good. We're not righteous because we're so handsome and pretty. We're not righteous in, our, in and of ourselves. We have been made the righteousness of God. And not only has he made us his righteousness, he gives us the armor with the breastplate of righteousness. So we are to put those things on. We need to be going through our life every day living righteously. And a lot of that has to do with the belt of truth. We just live, live truthfully. We live righteously. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. What you wear on your feet is so important. Man, good shoes cost a lot of money, but good shoes are so much more comfortable. And good shoes can make your day a good day instead of a bad day. If you have bad shoes on and you're walking around here, you're working on cement all day, you have bad shoes, you're not going to last long. You're going to wear out. You're going to get sore. It's going to affect other parts of your body. How beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news. Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, there are several different gospels that are listed in scripture. There's a uh, the gospel of salvation. There's a gospel of redemption. There's a uh, gospel of salvation. All of those things come through Christ. And then, then there's the gospel of peace. The gospel has to do with everything that Jesus Christ did. The gospel of peace. He is the prince of peace. 
You're, you sh we should be walking in peace. We should be the most peaceful people upon the face of the earth. Things should not rattle us. I, I tell you, I do not like what I am seeing going on in government today. I don't, I don't like it, and I could stand here and gripe about it. I, I mean, I could just gripe about it. But you know that stuff, it, it just doesn't rattle me anymore. God, I'm just walking in the peace of God. He's got this thing under control. Sometimes it doesn't look like it, but he does. And to walk in peace is just such a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hallelujah. Are you putting those on every day? Above all, there's three things here that he now lists about above all. The shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, is what the word says. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So there is an element to where you, you and I have a responsibility to walk in faith, to grow in faith, because faith comes by hearing. So we have an obligation to hear the word of God, to pour into ourselves, to grow our faith. But then he also just gives us some faith. We've all been given a measure of faith. But he also gives us a shield of faith to where you can quench the fiery darts. The devil is shooting fiery darts at you and I each and every day. And he's trying to take us down. They had, in the days of Jesus Christ, the, the military had several different styles and sizes of shields. They had one shield that was the full length, is like a six-foot shield. It had spears on the bottom side. They could pick it up and, and jab this way with it. Or they could take it and ram it down into the ground and it would stand before them and it would be a full wall in front of them. They had another one that's more like this one here pictured. And it, they covered it with a thick uh, hide of an animal, making a leather cover on that. They would take those shields and they would soak them in water. And then whenever they held that up in front of them, whenever a fiery dart would hit that, it would extinguish the, the fire. That's what you and I are supposed to be living like. Our faith should be blocking those fiery darts and it quenches everything that the devil throws at us. So we have to be growing in our faith. There's going to be all kinds of things that the devil tries to attack you. And one thing he wants to attack you on is your faith. He wants to rattle your faith. He wants to shake you. And I'll, I'll tell you, I've been shaken. I have been shaken there before. What do you do? You just stand. When you've done all to stand, you stand and you begin to build that back up. You get your faith back up and you don't allow the devil to take your faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Verse 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the, of, of the spirit. Take the helmet of salvation. The helmet comes down over your, your mind. It covers your mind, your thinking. You know, we're to bring every thought into captivity. The Romans 12 says we are to, to renew our mind. Many, many times, in fact, probably the majority of the times, the battle is between our ears. 
We have to have our mind renewed to the Word of God. We have to have our mind tuned into Him. We are to bring those thoughts into captivity. Don't let your mind go wild thinking about things you shouldn't be thinking about. You bring those thoughts into captivity. And that helmet of salvation, whenever you received Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that helmet come down over your mind and you, you are supposed to begin to think differently. I know before I received Christ in, uh, in 1972, I didn't see anything wrong with abortion. I really didn't. I can remember back as, as a high schooler. It wasn't that big of a deal in 1972, but it was beginning to become a bigger deal. And I really didn't, until I got saved. Hallelujah. And then he re began to renew my mind, my thinking. And I began to see that, that abortion was wrong. And that the killing of an innocent child is not the kingdom. My mind began to shift in that. You know, politically, we should be thinking kingdom first instead of United States or government or Democrat or Republican. We should be thinking kingdom. Our mind needs to be renewed to all that. And all of that comes because of your salvation. And all of that covers your head. Your salvation is covering your thinking. And the sword of the Spirit. That's an offensive weapon. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This right here. This is our weapon. This is what we fight the devil with. What did the devil try to do to, to Jesus in the 40 days of the wilderness? He attacked the Word. He said, it is said. And Jesus, how did he fight back? He fought back with the right Word, in the right context, in the right way. This is our sword. This is what we fight the devil with. This is what we speak against him on. This is how we battle against what he's trying to do in our lives. He's trying to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we need to be doing some stealing, some killing, and destroying of him with the word of God. Stand in your most holy faith and fight against the wiles of the devil. And you'll begin to see victories in your life. You'll begin to see things transpire and begin things will begin to change and they could be things that have been years and years strongholds in your family you can begin to see those chains dropping off things beginning to take place and God can be glorified in all those things hallelujah so as we are wrapping this three-week series up on spiritual warfare I just want us to be a people who, who understand this is serious. This is serious stuff. And yeah, it's, it's a, as Pastor Josh said last week, there's not a demon behind every bush. But I'll, I'll tell you, there's, there's a lot of demons. And there's a lot of activity going on in people's lives that don't realize that it's affected by the spirit realm. Does any of that make any sense to anybody? Yes. Amen. I want us to be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Pay attention to your prayer life. Pay attention to, to what's taking place in your family, in your world. What's, what's, what's affecting things that are going on. It doesn't matter what it is. Whether it's divorce or financial woes. Do you know that the, the devil is the God over poverty? And all that, that sort of stuff. We need to rebuke those things and fight against those things. There's no reason why anybody in the kingdom of God should live in poverty. 
It, it's a curse. It's part of the curse. I'm rambling. Let's stand. But I think it's good rambling. I think it's good stuff. And it's, it's just stuff that we, to be a solid church and to be solid individuals is stuff we have to get inside of us. Father, I thank you. I would pray, Father, that these people right here, this army of God, would be strong in you. That we would come against the wiles of the devil and put him in his place. And that we would see victories like never before. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more messages like this or information about our church, please visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org.